Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. I know in scripture you've looked and you've seen the phrase believe in him or believes in him. Well, it doesn't doesn't always digest very well in today's sort of self-sufficient mindset of spiritual food. Believe in yourself. Now, that's a common menu selection today. Uh, You have to try harder, it might say. You have to work harder. You have to dig deeper. Self-reliance is the goal that they would tout. Well... Our tolerance is our virtue. In him, it smacks of uh, exclusion. Well, don't all paths lead to heaven? Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, humanism. Salvation comes in many forms, right? Christ walks upriver on this topic. 
Salvation is found not in self or in them, but in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to worship together. We know that it is you who have made the difference in the world. It was you who came and opened the eyes of many. And Lord, it's you who have changed this life as well as many others. Be with us now this morning as we worship together and as we seek to walk that closer walk with you. For it's in your name that we ask these things. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to get to sing along with the band as they play us a what was often called a song of witness. Uh, and the words of that uh, song, uh, Shine, Jesus, Shine, the light of your love is shining, and it's in the midst of darkness, around us, everywhere, darkness. A little place over here where you really would be a little afraid to go by yourself, maybe, especially on a dark night. That kind of darkness, Jesus can shine. But maybe it's well lit by physical light and very, very dark by a spiritual light sense. So be prepared as we stand together and sing as the band plays along. Stand with me, won't you?
be seated. Some historians clump Christ with Moses, Muhammad, Confucius, and other spiritual leaders, but Jesus refuses to share this to share the page. He declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. His followers refuse to soften or shift the spotlight. Peter announced, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. Many recoil at such definitiveness. John 14.6 and Acts 4.12 sound primitive in this era of broad bands and broad minds. The world is shrinking. Cultures are blending. Borders are bending. This is the day of inclusion. All roads lead to heaven, right? But can they? Can all, approach, can all approaches to God be correct? Islam says Jesus was not crucified. Christians say he was. Both can't be right. Judaism refuses the claim of Christ as the Messiah. Christians accept it. Someone's making a mistake. Buddhists look toward nirvana, achieved after no less than 547 reincarnations. Christians believe in one life, one death, and an eternity of enjoying God. Doesn't one view exclude the other? Humanists do not acknowledge a creator of life. Jesus claims to be the source of life. One of the two speaks high. Spiritists read your poems. Hindus perceive a plural and impersonal God. And most supremely, every non-Christian religion says you can save yourself. Jesus says, My death on the cross saves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I'm going to sing um, In Christ Alone, uh, which also touches on what Rob just let us in, um, that salvation is found in no one else, and that uh, not everybody can be right um, or on the right path, and so there has to be something to what we believe um, that is... uh, you know, convincing to us, and so the song talks about that, that in Christ alone, all our hope is found, he's our light, our strength, our song, so many aspects that he touches in our lives that makes him real, not just the um, believing what the Bible says, but the way he personally impacts our life, so I'm going to sing these verses.
forgive, I hear the plead, and me forgive, I instant cry. For me, thy wounds shall intercede, for me, thy prayer shall make reply. I take the grace that flows from thee in saving grace upon my knees. Fourth verse, please. Just tell you just a little background before I read this story is that the Reed family used to attend the Salvation Army when we were a family was all at home. Five boys and three girls. Actually, I don't remember the uh, three, the five boys and the one girl because the others were already married. But we went to the Salvation Army when I was just a real small child, and we stopped going to the Salvation Army when I was around uh, four years old or so because of some things that happened in the Corps and and uh, so. We left the Salvation Army, and nobody ever went back to the Army except myself. And uh, nobody ever was a Christian until in, the, in recent years. So nobody really had anything to do with the Salvation Army or a church or whatever. But I want to read you a story, a, a Bill's story. When a seeker of the truth asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? The Lord told a story about several men who were traveling to Jericho. At the end of this account, he answered, the answer was evident. The man who showed mercy. When another discussion with the disciples, Jesus noted that the followers of God are required to go the second mile in meeting the needs of others. So let me tell you a story about several modern-day men who closely resembled those men of the New Testament days. In 1999, I got a telephone call that my oldest brother had died. Would it be possible for me to travel to Florida to conduct the funeral? My wife and I had retired from, I had just retired from active service in the Salvation Army officers. So we felt our home, so we left our home in Michigan and drove through Indiana where we picked up my brother Bill and his wife as well as my sister Mary. Since we lived in several, since we've lived in several states over the past 40 years, It's been many years since I spent much time with them, and it was a great time of catching up on family happenings, and I had only met Bill's wife, Lou, on a few occasions, a family reunion and a funeral. We talked about being a Christian and the Army and the Reed crew, as we called our children, down through the years. It turned out that Bill and Lou lived only a few blocks from the Fort Wayne, Indiana Salvation Army Corps Community Center and knew exactly where it was located. They seemed to be very interested in connecting with a church family, so when I returned home, one of the first things I did was to write a letter to 
then the Corps officer, Major Mark Turner. The same day that Major received my letter, he visited my brother's home, and then because Lou was working on that time, he went. He returned a few days later and met her as well. The following Sunday, Bill and Lou arrived at the Corps for the opening of for the morning worship service, where they were welcomed with open arms by the officer and the members of the congregation. The Lord's timing, the Lord's timing, and the obedience of His pastor servant used this sadness of our purpose for traveling together to Florida for good, as Bill and Lou found a personal relationship with God. Over the next few years, the Fort Wayne Corps Community Center uh, was located in another part of town, but surprisingly, Bill and Lou had sold their home, and they had moved not too far away from where the new Corps Community Center was going to be. Well, Bill's health continued to decline to the point that he needed 24-7 care due to the Alzheimer's, and all during that time, members of the church family ministered to him. When Bill died last week, it was wonderful to know that he is truly promoted to glory, and that he went marching into heaven, a healed man and his grieving wife was again surrounded by God's caring family. In my brother's memory, I honor that faithful officer servant, Major Mark Turner, who knew the answer to Jesus' question, who is my neighbor, and went the second mile for my family. And so just to attribute to Mark, uh, to Mark Turner, as well as knowing that, uh, that Bill is no longer just died, but he was promoted to glory, and I find that really assuring.
I'll never forget the, um, the trouble that we had when we first came here to Flint. <clears throat> the problem wasn't with the core or the people. It was with our daughter's um, habit, Rebecca's habit, of wandering. We'd be busy uh, talking to people, getting to know people after uh, meetings and such, and we would notice that we hadn't seen Rebecca for a while. And um, there would be a little panic that would follow and a, and a mad search. And usually we'd find her either in the nursery or, or somewhere else in the building. But on a few occasions, she actually managed to um, get outside the building and that really, um, that really frightened us. She just didn't understand the dangers the dangers that can come from wandering away from her protection, from her parents. Now, if you have children or, or grandchildren, you know exactly what I mean. You know the fear of having a young child wander away from you and get lost. There's nothing quite like that fear when you, when you think you've, you've lost one of your children. It's a dangerous world out there. And the vulnerable among us need to keep close to a source of strength and protection. Now, as we, uh, as we mature and, and grow, uh, we're wise enough, usually, to keep ourselves safe. But there are times when even us grown-ups need to, um, need to stay close to a source of protection. When uh, Captain Chris and I were in Turkey, I was... Um, really kind of nervous that first night. Uh, we were given some time off when we arrived in Istanbul, and we decided that we were going to walk from the hotel a few blocks to this convenience store because we wanted to pick some stuff up, and, and everyone said that's, that should be just fine. Now, um, Istanbul is a, sti- a city of about uh, 15 million it's the only city in the world that's half in Europe and half in Asia. And um, it is also 99% Muslim. And um, at that time and, and in, as this time as well, there was a lot of tension between the secular government of Turkey and Muslim extremists. And some of that was spilling over and affecting the few Christians that, that lived there Needless to say, as we, as we walked, we felt very out of place and a little bit scared. We didn't know the language, and I'm sure that we stood out as, um, as tourists. That's actually not the way we look quite, but, you know, don't tell my wife about that one. I'm glad um, we didn't have to walk far because uh, we were wandering far from everything Uh, with which we were familiar. Wandering can be a dangerous thing. Some people wander with tragic results. Children, at times, will wander into the wilderness, into even cornfields, and they are lost and they die. Tourists wander into the wrong neighborhood in some parts of the world, and they get kidnapped, and all manner of things can, can occur. But you know, there is a worse kind of wandering, because 
Not only can we wander physically, we can also wander spiritually. And you don't have to go to some faraway, exotic place to do so. Even a beautiful place of worship like this, this sanctuary. In a place like this, your heart can wander. Your mind, your heart, your joy, your love can be elsewhere, can it? Jesus knew what it was to have people wander from him. If you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asked his disciples to stay with him uh, just for a while while he prayed. That was just shortly after the scripture clip that we viewed. He wanted them to stay with him during this time. He wanted them to, to stay awake and alert because something very critical was about to happen and Jesus knew this. He wanted them to be with him in mind and in spirit, to keep watch and to pray because he knew that temptation was coming their way. But they couldn't do it, could they? They fell asleep. They weren't able to stay the course when they really needed to, when Christ specifically asked them to. They weren't able to give him the support that he asked for. And when the time came for action, for prayer, for preparation, they were sleeping. I wonder today if anyone here is sleeping. Now, I don't mean in the physical sense. I can deal with that. That happens from time to time, and I'm glad people are relaxed in my presence. But I'm talking about spiritually sleeping. If you sleep through my messages, you may miss something God wants um, to say to you. But if you're asleep spiritually, it won't matter what God is saying because you won't be able to hear it because you'll be tone deaf to the voice of God. To hear God's voice, you must remain awake and alert and ready to hear. You have to listen. John chapter 15 verse Verse 4 says, Remain united to me, and I will remain united to you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It can do so only if it remains in the vine. In the same way, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus' plan is that we remain in him. Yet every day, every day, people walk away from him. Don't you hate it when people leave? When you're having a, a great party, a great time, and it's time to go and people have to leave? Don't you hate it when people leave the church? But you know, worse than that are those who walk away from the Lord. Does that describe anyone here today? You're here physically, but spiritually you're not because your heart has wandered from the Lord. Today's message is really a very simple. I want to call you back to the Savior, back to loving Him again, back to knowing His love for you. 
back to knowing the joy of heaven because you remain in Him. Because you remain in the vine and you are found in Christ. John 15 tells us some beautiful things about remaining in Christ. And I'd encourage you to to read that that chapter again. It says specifically in in the fifth verse, John 15.5, You will bear much fruit. In other words, your life is not wasted in Christ. Staying connected with Christ bears fruit. It's profitable. Remaining in Christ means your life will be worth something and there will be purpose in your living. Jesus promises that. That's because by remaining in Him, remaining in Christ, you have power, you have strength, and you have love far beyond anything you could find in this world, anything you can find apart from Him. People will also recognize that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ if you remain in Him. When you remain in Him, they're going to see the difference in your life by the way you speak, by the way you live, by how you conduct your business. Your life will speak of God's love, God's grace, God's goodness. Let me relate to you this Salvation Army doctrine. It's our our ninth doctrine. And it says this, We believe that continuance in a state of salvation depends upon continued obedient faith in Christ. Now, some of you may have been raised to believe that you can never lose your salvation, that you are eternally secure. And I'm not here to talk you out of that. I'll let the weight of the Word of God help you resolve that because I think when you study the Word of God as a whole, it's very clear. But the Holy Spirit can help you with that. But this doctrine reminds us that we can wander from God, that we can, um, but also that we can remain connected to Christ by our obedient faith because. Jesus said that those who don't remain in him will be pruned off of the vine, thrown into the fire. They were a part of the vine. They've been removed. You see, God has given us this um, nagging free will. He's entrusted us with the choice to believe Jesus Christ and to find our salvation in him our joy, and our life. Not just for the moment, but for eternity. But remember, we never lose the ability to choose. God does not withdraw our freedom of choice when we become a believer. We can choose to wander from the Lord. He will never leave us. He promises. He will never stop loving us. And no force can separate us from him against our will. Nothing in all of creation can do that. But the sad truth is, we are free to walk away. Just walk away. I bet we all know a prodigal or two, don't we? Someone who has wandered away from God. It may be a friend, it may be a loved one. It may even be your own story. 
But if you have wandered off and tired, because this world is hard. It's not a very loving place. There's, there's um, all kinds of uh, pitfalls in this world. Just don't think God doesn't care for you. His love remains the same. Don't think that he's given up on you because he hasn't. Just come back to him. Just come back to him. You've wandered away. It's time to come back home. Maybe um, Jesus' way seemed too costly, demanding too much of your time, too much of your energies, too much of your effort, maybe too much of your money, too much of your family, your house, your personal belongings. Jesus just wants too much. Now you realize that your relationship with Christ is the most valuable thing you can possibly have, that everything else is really worthless in comparison. Maybe you've wandered because you've been enticed, seduced by what this world offers. It seems so good. Promises so much. But this world will steal your soul. And all it will deliver to you is emptiness in the final analysis. Some of you know this because you've experienced this. You've lived this. And you know it's true. Sometimes we just get distracted. And it's hard. It's hard to hear the voice of Jesus. And it's hard to see Him with your spiritual eyes because all of these other things are distracting you. They're, they're taking your attention away from Him. Keeping you from focusing on Him. You might be sitting here in this sanctuary right now and be far, far from the Lord. I wonder, have you wandered from Him? Have you wandered from Him? Have you wandered away from His love? Have you wandered from the moment when you actually did believe, John 3.16, where it says that whoever believes in Him shall not perish? If you have, then I must warn you, you are living in a very dangerous place. Your eternity hangs in the balance. As I said earlier, we used to have a problem with Rebecca wandering away. Sometimes she still likes to go her own way. She's kind of stubborn and independent. Don't know where that comes from. But... um, when we, uh, when we don't want Rebecca to wander, we know what to do now. We, we've kind of figured that out. And what we need to do is just uh, get her close to us and hold her hand very tightly. And she knows what to do too. When she's afraid or nervous, she knows to get close to mom and dad, hold their hand. And you know, an amazing thing happens when you do that, when 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 we do this, it allows us the freedom to enjoy what we're doing because we know things are secure. There's a freedom in that kind of security, isn't there? I don't know. Maybe this morning what you need to do is is grab a hold of the hand of God with with a renewed vigor. Maybe you've wandered 
and you're at risk of getting lost. Well, there's only one place to turn or to return. If you want security, if you want eternal security, it's found in remaining attached to the vine, remaining in Christ. And the good news is that we we have a God who desires each of us. And he wants us to know the freedom that comes from staying close to him. We, we don't have to uh, try to get his attention. Sometimes Rebecca wants to get our attention. We're busy. We kind of ignore her. God will never ignore you. He's never too busy paying attention to some other bigger problem that he doesn't notice that you're there wanting to, to get close to him. It's only when we're safe with God in Christ, when we remain in him, that we can truly enjoy all that life has to offer. Do you need to do that today? Is that something you need to do today? If you do, then I want you to come right now and I want you to seek Him, to get close to Him, to take His hand and to stay as close to Him as you possibly can. I guarantee you, if you put your hand into God's hand, His gracious grip is, um, is able to keep you safe and is able to secure you through all of life's storms. It is able to take you into and through eternity. That's his promise. Let's pray. I thank you, Lord, this morning for your love for us. Lord, I'm not always thankful for the freedom of choice we have because, Lord, sometimes I don't make the right choices. Sometimes I make the wrong choice. Sometimes I make the wrong choice time and time again. God, I wish I I didn't do that. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, you give us your Holy Spirit to enable us to, to do the things that we have been unsuccessful at in the past, to have victory where we had failure. And God, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here who, who needs to come back to you for, um, uh, for forgiveness, to lay before you their their lostness, that they have wandered from you, and just to confess that and to ask you to to forgive them and to pull them close again. And God, I pray that your spirit would make that just clear and evident. God, if um, there's anyone here who's struggling with allowing you to have complete control, Lord, you have said we have to remain attached to the vine. We have to stay in fellowship with you and that, in fact, we also have to obey you, obey your commands. And God, we know that... um, We fail when we try that in our own strength. If there's anyone here, Lord, who needs to surrender to the Holy Spirit, to surrender control, God, I pray that, again, you would just make that evident and that, God, you would help anyone here this morning who's struggling with that decision. Might they put aside any concerns about what other people might think and realize that uh, this is the most important decision we can possibly make. You saved this, Lord to tell your disciples and us just before you went to be with the Father. God, might we take it serious today. And God, might we uh, quickly run to you as you speak. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing song 862. O Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end. Be thou forever near me. 
my master and my friend. I shall not fear the battle if thou art by my side, nor wander from the pathway if thou wilt be my guide. That's all predicated, isn't it, on the fact that we make Jesus our friend, our master, that we stay close to him, and that when the battle's hot, that um, there he is by our side. But you wander off the pathway, you go your own way, I can't make you any promises about how God will protect you, how God will um, be there if you've left his side. This is a serious matter. Um, if that's not true in your own life, make it true today. You can, you can start that right now, a fresh commitment. Let's stand and sing that first verse together.
Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, for being with us today, for watching over, guarding, protecting. We would ask particular blessings on those of us who will be traveling this week under very uncertain conditions. We want to thank you most of all for being with us and knowing that all we have to do is hang on to you. We'll be careful to give you all the praise. Amen. The benediction this morning will be uh, to the tune of the bells of St. Mary's. Folks at St. Matthew's or St. Michael's, we're going to borrow a tune from you. And we're going to do something a little bit different. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.